I want to welcome these guys. Matt, take it away. Sweet. Thank you, Rod. Um, I know Rod already did like the hand, raise your hand thing. I like the raise the hand thing. Uh, uh, raise your hand if you have mined at home in the past. That's the most important question. Awesome. Um, well, a lot of people have. Um, so sitting next to me, um, I have John from Futurebit focused on home mining and building miners that are, are building rigs that are, are made for home mining. Um, and I have good friend Econo over here uh, who came out all the way over here to join us, which we're very humbled and happy to have him. Um, who here has listened to Sittle Dispatch at all my podcast? So home mining, first time I ever mined at home was in 2015. Um, then kind of mining went to this more industrial kind of focus. Uh, you can see it in the rigs. The rigs are all basically built for warehouses. Uh, they're industrial appliances. Um, we stopped mining um, and then got back into it this cycle. This cycle, all of a sudden, there was there was a lot of interest in home mining again. All of a sudden, there was a very organic interest. We saw Diverter, our friend Diverter, released his guide. Eco started releasing his guide. And then in July 2021, I had Eco and Ronan and Diverter on Silla Dispatch, episode 31, which was getting started with home mining. And a, a lot of plebs and a lot of people started uh, mining at home after that episode. We did a bunch of follow-ups. We've done tons of panels focused on getting started with home mining. I've done panels with Eco. I've done panels with John at Bitcoin 2022. And there's just a lot, a lot of momentum. Then obviously, you know, a lot of people in this room are very aware there was there was carnage. There's a lot of a lot of people got wrecked. Um, and we're hearing a lot about everyone was idiots for mining at home. And that it's not a sustainable business model or it's not a sustainable revenue stream for people and that they shouldn't do it. Uh, so this panel is going to be a retrospective on home mining and the path forward. Um, so with all that said, uh, let's start, you know, um, let's start with the elephant in the room. Um, John, we'll start with John. I mean, is, is home mining still alive and kicking? Yeah, I mean, we've seen this past uh, holiday season. It's like one of our the biggest um, seasons we've had so far. Um, really? Yeah. So after you know FTX collapse, you know a lot of people understood centralization is bad. Well, you first know, of all, let's just just do a quick uh, quick overview of Futurebit. What is Futurebit? What do you offer? Sure. Uh, we don't build shoebox miners, so we build small. It's a little desktop miner. It's about 200 watts. It does about three to four terahash. Um, and the whole concept is to allow anybody that lives, let's say, in a New York City apartment that wants to participate in this and be able to do so. Um, so obviously, you can't run an S19 in a studio apartment in New York City. And that's kind of how I started the company. So I live in New York City. Um, back in 2015, I was like, I want to run a miner. I want to be able to mine. And there was no hardware out there that allowed me to be able to run a miner in the, in the studio apartment. So I built this device um, that allows anybody to, to plug it in a 120-volt outlet, start mining in about five minutes, and be able to participate in the network. You don't need to get a licensed electrician. Um, and then the big, the big things that all miners deal with is, is heat and noise, but home miners is particularly sensitive for. I mean, you said 
New York apartment, uh, me and my wife, we had our minor in our New York apartment and you had to turn it off every time you watch Netflix or something because you couldn't hear anything. Right. And, th- and that's the kind of like design philosophy we did around the product. It's uh, how can we build a minor where, um, the cost to run it is not impactful on your power bill. So, you know, people will participate and help decentralize the hash rate and not shut down miners in, you know, bear markets like these. Um, and that's what we've seen with our product and our user base. Um, so we have thousands of miners. We have tens of thousands now. Um, and almost no one is shutting down their miners. Um, so our, our power bill is around 100 to 200 watts. That's usually like a cup of coffee um, a month and people, you know, they're fine to stack sats over time and just slowly accumulate Bitcoin and not worry about that $5 cost. And, and that keeps people from not shutting down miners and continually stacking sats. And, you know, obviously that Bitcoin is going to be worth more in the future and um, it helps the network and, you know, people love it. So Awesome. And you'll be releasing a new miner soon, a new rig soon. Yeah, yeah, like you Am know, I allowed to we, say we, that? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Already you know, said we, it. We, we were supposed to launch it here. Unfortunately, uh, uh, supply chain stuff couldn't get the prototypes in, but we were excited on what we were going to build for the next gen. Um, it's going to be the first time in about a decade that um, small scale consumer based miners will compete with Bitmain. Say that. Let's go. So a cool a cool concept about Future Bit is one of the things we have seen this cycle as well is that there's been a lot of people who have been building their own nodes and want to use their own Bitcoin nodes. Um, there's been a lot of enthusiasm with that. And a cool aspect of FutureBit is that they combine that process. So you, you buy like the base station and it's, um, it's, it's a full node that you can use very easily. And then it has, it has the mining rig portion to it. And then you can like daisy chain additional mining rigs to it. But the reason I bring this up is because one thing that Eco really honed in on very early is there are people on Bitcoin Twitter, people in the Bitcoin community that go out of their way to build all these nodes, run a lightning routing node, learn liquidity management, do all these things. And then they say mining is too difficult. And one of the key things that Eco keeps repeating is that mining is actually, in a lot of ways, way more accessible uh, than running on your own node. So if you can use your own node, you can build your own nodes, you can manage lightning liquidity, you can probably mine as well. Um, I mean, Eco, you dove down this rabbit hole very hard. I mean, this is, you know, a lifestyle choice for you now. Um, looking back, you know, what what mistakes were made? You know, what's your personal path forward? Like, how are you looking at the current situation? Yeah, yeah, I definitely went full send. Um, <laughs> went right off the cliff. Um <laughs> You know, I think I think when when we're talking about home mining, it's it's really important for people to to manage their expectations and and kind of have this paradigm shift because a lot of people will say, yeah, it's, it's not a sustainable business model to be mining at home, right? And that's that's pretty obvious right now. But I, I think what's not obvious and and the paradigm shift that kind of needs to happen when you're talking about home mining is it's it's not about running a business. It's not what you're. For me, I got into home mining because I wanted a way to use my discretionary income to accumulate more Bitcoin in a way that didn't involve my government ID, right? So I could plug a miner into my home and pay the electric bill with my fiat income and get Bitcoin on the back end of that that's not connected to my identity. And that that's what I wanted. And so that's, that's not really about running a business. It's not about like competing with other miners. That's just me taking 
$250 that I can afford to buy Bitcoin with and using electricity to do that. And so I, I think when you when you kind of look at home mining from that perspective and through that lens, then then it becomes easier to manage your expectations. And then it becomes more obvious why so many home miners are still in the game and they're not shutting down because a lot of these guys are they're blue collar workers. They've got full time jobs and they've got a couple extra hundred bucks that they can throw at their electricity bill and get the Bitcoin that they want that's not tied to their identity. And so I think I think that's why home miners are these cockroaches that aren't dying. They're not going away like they're not getting stomped out. And that's why they're still being so creative and like coming up with these really innovative solutions to like integrate mining into their home. And so now they're using the heat from the ASICs to plumb into their HVAC systems and they're, you know, using it in their greenhouses and they're just coming up with all these creative ways to, to use the heat and get even more benefit out of mining at home above and beyond the original goal, which was just to get KYC free sats. Did you, um, I mean, there's, I know there's been many variations of your home setup. Uh, did you ever capture the waste heat and use it to heat your home? I am now. Um, so like my current setup right now, I've got a black box sitting in my living room and I've got a S19 A Pro in there running. And we're using that to like supplement the heat in our home and to cut down on our natural gas costs. Um, you know, but I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made is that, you know, early on, I, I saw a good buying opportunity when the Chinese mining ban happened. Right. right? There was a, a crash in Bitcoin price, a crash in hash rate. ASICs became really cheap, and I saw that as a good buying opportunity. So I kind of— Yeah, we bought rigs together during that collapse. Yeah. We were yeah. so proud of ourselves for months <laughs> after that. Yeah, we, we had some good laughs, and now <laughs> it's not so funny. <laughs> Um, I mean, so like, a, so the recapturing heat is interesting, right? Because the number one issue, the number, the two main issues for homeowners is heat and noise, right? So there's two different strategies there. There's a future bit strategy, which is, okay, let's reduce the amount of heat uh, waste that comes out and, and noise that comes out. And then there's this new strategy that we've seen to have a lot of uptick, which is, is to recapture the waste heat and use it to heat your home. And particularly in a home mining setup, it's it's relatively easy to do if you live in a home that has forced air heat. Um, you know, my home in Nashville, our home in Nashville, we have uh, just a very standard uh, forced air heat system. And there's, there's ducting there, right? So if you just duct, you put your miners in your basement or wherever that ducting is, and then you duct it into the, into the, into the duct, uh, it'll just push heat throughout your whole home. And then you can get more complicated with it. You can attach a thermostat to it that turns it off, turns it on. But the point there is on the waste heat side, it's harder to do that at a, at scale to reuse heat. But at, on a small scale, it's actually relatively easy. Um, and it gives you a competitive advantage over larger scale miners that aren't able to take advantage of that, of that extra heat. Um, and I go back again to small scale. And I, I think that's where a lot of people went wrong. And I'm curious, Eco, if you agree with me. I mean, on that first sale of dispatch, CD31, and I've listened back to it because I take a lot of responsibility for the content that we put out there. And I don't want to see people get wrecked. And I, we said many, many times, we're like, 
buy a rig or two, you know, just do it small scale. You know, you know, you get to stack $50 worth of KYC free sats every day. Right. And then everyone just like, listen to that episode, listen to the follow-up episode price was ripping and they just fucking aped in and they just bought tons of rigs. They put them in warehouses. Like they just went to a whole nother level. Yeah. I, I, I am uh, guilty of not taking my own advice and I learned very quickly that, you know, the, the, the first mistake I made was get, was buying all those ASICs and then not having the infrastructure in place to run them. And then when the overhead power lines outside my house caught on fire, I got a very harsh lesson, lesson in, in how energy works. And, you know, I knew enough to be dangerous, but, um, I didn't, I didn't know enough to like, to follow through in a way that was successful for me. So now I had this problem where I had, I was sitting on a petahash worth of hardware in a residential neighborhood house that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't be running that kind of infrastructure. So, you know, long story short, we, uh, my, um, 10 year career in the railroad industry suddenly changed. And my wife and I found ourselves, uh, buying our dream home out in the country. And I thought, well, this is a, a great opportunity to get on like a rural commercial rate and build out the infrastructure that I always wanted. And so I bought a shipping container and I started talking to the utility company and they put up a 75 KVA transformer and a pole and connected it. Now I got a shipping container with 400 amps of service. And this is where I got my second harsh lesson is that I don't know how to read a tariff and the five cent commercial rate I thought I was getting quickly turned into 13 cents when I got my first bill and all of my models were completely destroyed. So, uh, yeah, long story short, I've, I've got a bunch of hardware that I don't have the infrastructure in place to run. And, uh, now that I do have the infrastructure, I don't have the money to, to pay. And, and the third mistake I made was that I started working for Bitcoin, right? Like full time after I, my career changed. So now I'm like having to sell Bitcoin to pay for the electric bill for the Bitcoin that I'm mining. And now I'm selling more Bitcoin than I'm earning with the miners. So yeah, things just got terribly complicated really fast. And um, many such cases. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been very humbled this bear market. Um, if, I mean, if people are interested, are you selling any of your rigs? <laughs> you can go no, find short Eco. answer is no. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure something out. Where are you going to add there, John? Look like you're ready to talk. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the narrative that we're trying to change around Bitcoin mining. Um, we view it more as an adoption mechanism than especially on the whole mining front. You know, it's a it's something different to, let's say, buy Bitcoin off an exchange, hold Bitcoin, um, get wrecked by, you know, an FTX type event. And it's something completely else to see someone um, use our unit, mine Bitcoin, see that Bitcoin come into their account. Um, you know, in cold storage, it, it, you know, light bulbs go off. And we see that all the time. We get emails all the time. It's like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, they, like they, literally they, obtaining Bitcoin without permission, verifying it with their right. own node, you're, all in the same you're, process. You're, you're, you're participating 100% in the Bitcoin network, doing the transaction processing, securing your own uh, Bitcoin. And, and they truly understand Bitcoin that way. And we, I see home mining in the future as a way to truly get uh, real adopters into Bitcoin. Um, so uh, I, I see the mining economics, especially on, on the cool innovation going on, um, 
for home heating and, and different innovations around the home mining uh, space is going to continue to accelerate. Um, and there's going to be cool products coming out where, you know, a lot of everyday people will be able to plug in these devices in their house um, and mine Bitcoin in a sustainable way. Um, so, you know, you're not going to buy five S19s um, and then have to shut them off. You know, this is just going to be something that will be continually part of your house and, and you'll be able to mine Bitcoin. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you do want to go the route of buying, you know, these industrial appliances, the S19s, the S9s, whatever it is, and going through the whole process of handling heat, power, uh, noise, uh, the best place to start is episode 31 of Civil Dispatch. It was like two hours. We go from start to finish. Um, obviously, we don't have enough time for that here. And I want to save a lot of time for Q&A and all your questions. Um, but I'm curious, John. I mean, we had we had Gary from Intel here uh, yesterday talking. Do you think? And I know I know Block. I know uh, formerly Square is working on their own ASIC that they want to be more focused on on home miners and retail. Do you think there's going to be a kind of of a renaissance here where we start to see basically more companies compete in your market, compete for? Home miners specifically, like just out of the box, plug it into internet, plug it into power, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing this right now. And, you know, we talk to all those guys, we partner with them. Um, they're doing cool stuff. We're doing cool things on our ends. And we see an inflection point in the industry right now. We see the mining industry being like the IBM mainframe era of computing back in the uh, 70s and 80s. Um, Obviously, those mainframes allowed the money to pour in an innovation to, to happen on the ASIC side and the development side for the personal computing revolution to, to occur. Uh, it brought prices down to the point where uh, more companies could participate. And I think we're on the cusp of that for home mining and um, devices around that. Um, and I think in the next decade, we'll see a lot more companies like Futurebit come out with cool stuff. Um, that's going to revolutionize the, the space and, and allow a lot more home mining to occur. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. I, it's going to be brutally competitive. Like a lot of those businesses will fail, but at the end of the day, the the user will be better off for it, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're you know everybody in this room. At the end of the day, what are you doing? You're securing the network. You're securing right. freedom money for billions of people in the world, and that's what matters at the end of the day. And, you know, obviously everybody here is working on really cool solutions, but we have to make sure that doesn't get lost at the end of the day. We have to understand that we are all here. We're building a new economic system. And that economic system is um, secured by all of you and all of us. And we need more people involved in that. It's kind of interesting because, I mean, the, the biggest trade-off with Futurebit is is cost, right? You're, you're not able to get the cost per terahash down to the same price level as these industrial appliances. And I wonder, um, and I'll, I'll go to Eco on this, like I wonder like if that's even, a, that sh maybe is not even a fair comparison. Maybe like they should be compared to each other. Maybe as we see more of these home mining specific rigs, uh, that they'll be compared to each other rad rather than be compared to an appliance. Like I don't, I don't like buy, a, people don't like go out and buy a MacBook and then like compare it to like, like AWS servers. Right. And it, the biggest, like there's, there's trade-offs, right? So you're literally bringing in an industrial piece of equipment into your home with like these S19s. And so it's like, yeah, you're getting like great value for how efficient that machine is. But the trade-off there is like, now you've got to deal with 85 decibels of noise in your home and 
Can we have a huge round of applause for Ronan <laughs> Meyer? <laughs> happening guys good to see you what's up yeah you think they'll be compared differently right yeah it, it's apples and oranges um ronan before we get to q a i'm glad you made it here in time for q a uh this has mostly been a retrospective of uh the boom and and the organic like kind of viral boom in home mining um and the lessons we've learned uh over the last year and a half as, as kind of, you know, the mining carnage has unfolded. Um, what's your number one takeaway from the last two or three years of mining? Don't buy the top. <laughs> How do you avoid that? I don't know. I don't know what, it's the same thing as trying to call a top on Bitcoin. You don't know when mining, miner prices are going to be at the top of the market. So... Do you have a, like a single biggest personal mistake that you made? Bought the top. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, love it. Um, let's wrap up with some final thoughts. Ronan, final thoughts. I love you guys. Cheers. <laughs> Eco, final thoughts. Uh, if you're going to buy hardware, make sure you have the infrastructure in place to run that hardware and make sure you really understand what your electricity costs are going to be before getting in too deep. Cheers to that. John, final thoughts. Uh, let's keep decentralizing the hash rate. Um, you guys out there with huge minds, run your own pools, um, run Stratum V2. It's important. We got to make sure there's no attack vectors on the mining side. Awesome. Thank you all. Let's give a huge round of applause for the panelists. <laughs>